How would you like to learn new skills and face exciting new challenges? Maybe you want to develop your clinical expertise and give your career a boost. I'm Lucy Coward and I've been hearing from healthcare workers, including doctors, nurses and paramedics, who spend their spare time as medical reservists in the Royal Air Force. These are no ordinary medics. They're trained to care for sick or injured military personnel and civilians, sometimes in areas of conflict, both on the ground and in the air. So what's it like? What sort of opportunities are available? We've asked some RAF medical reservists to record their thoughts about why they joined and what they get out of it. Like this paramedic, who found herself deployed on operation with the RAF in Kenya. Hi, my name is Catherine Turnbull. I'm a medical reservist with the RAF and my civilian day job is as a search and rescue winch paramedic working on the south coast of England. When I think about the fact that I'm in the military and I hang out of helicopters um, for a job, it does still amaze me um, that I'm, I do both those roles. Not ten years ago, I was a ski instructor with a degree in zoology. I had gotten to my sixth winter season when I had to admit to myself that I was probably never going to use my zoology degree and that I was probably going to have to start thinking about getting a job where I would earn some money. So I think at this point I had a conversation around that sort of theme with my mother. I must have vaguely mentioned the idea of a par becoming a paramedic because not long after that conversation I had a application for the Scottish Ambulance Service um, in my email inbox. So I filled it in, got invited for an interview, so I had to fly home for that interview. And then the following winter, instead of getting ready to go to the Alps, I was going to Glasgow Caledonia University um, to go and start studying to become firstly a technician um, and then following on that from that, a uh, paramedic. The first few years of being in the ambulance service um, was a really steep learning curve. In what felt like way too short a time, I was a fully qualified paramedic and I felt like my my learning plateaued at around this time. It also felt like I'd blinked and instead of a ski instructor uniform, I was wearing a paramedic one and I felt like a complete fraud in it. At this stage, I was just desperate for something to be able to help me continue my learning, continue my training, but didn't know what. I, and then somebody by chance showed me a YouTube video of, I think it was the MERT training course, um, but basically like sort of the sorts of training that the military do from a medical perspective. And I was instantly sold. So I applied to the RAF reserves um, and got accepted. So in 2017, I was attested and um, over the next few months went to um, all the pre-basic training and the basic training. Came out of that, at which point some emails were sent, um, I think, to basically all the medics trawling for several different ops. I didn't even know what an op was at that point, really, um, let alone what all these different names for them meant or where they were. But being a little newbie, I thought I needed to look keen. 
we had been kind of told that, you know, obviously when you join the reserves, don't expect any big opportunities in the first wee while, just get bedded in, settled in. So I thought, well, if I volunteer and look keen, when my time does come, they'll maybe remember my name and I might get selected then. So yeah, sent an email back saying, yep, I'll volunteer for all of these and then thought nothing else of it. Throughout that year, I went to a few of the training weekends, which were great, good fun, getting to know the squadron, mixture of medical training um, and sort of military based training, which I really enjoyed, loved running around, um, putting cam on my face. But as senior aircraftman Turnbull was about to discover, a much bigger opportunity was on its way. Then in December of that same year, um, I got an email telling me we'd got the green light to start preparing for my deployment um, to Batik. Once I discovered that Batik meant that I was going to go to Kenya for four months, I was extremely excited, although that excitement did slightly um, Wayne, when I come the January, started getting the emails informing me of everything that I was going to have to do in preparation for going to Kenya. Um, there was a long list of courses. However, the reason I joined the RAF reserves was because I wanted to continue my medical training um, and become a better paramedic. And the courses that I was being sent on in preparation for this deployment were exactly what I'd been looking for. So despite having to carry on working full-time for the ambulance service, um, I rolled up my sleeves and just got on with it. Although when I say I just got on with it, that's maybe a little bit deceptive. In my eyes, I'd literally just joined the RAF and the reason for me doing so was because I felt like a fraud in my paramedic uniform and now I was a paramedic in a military uniform and I felt even more of a fraud. So I was... Being sent on courses um, alongside people that I perceived was going to be way out my league on both a medical and a military playing field. I mean, at this stage, I was still convinced I couldn't even salute properly. To say I was nervous is a bit of an understatement. So the first couple that I went to, one of them was a military one called Battles, which is Battlefield um, Advanced Trauma Life Support. And the other one is a civilian course, um, Advanced Life Support. Um, which is put on um, and a lot of hospital staff do it, doctors, nurses. So I went along to both of these courses expecting to fail them, firstly, and certain I'd be found out as a fraud. And to top it off, I turned up to the battles course to be confronted by a room full of army doctors who were to be my classmates. At which point I thought, great, my medical and saluting nightmares combined. But I came away from both of those courses um, being invited back to try and become an instructor for, for the courses, which was obviously a massive boost to my confidence. That confidence was short-lived because then came the MERT or Medical Emergency Response Team course, which was on another level completely. It's a two-week course. I quite quickly in that two weeks realised the truth in the saying be careful what you wish for. It had been this course that I'd seen the video of and had said that's what I want to do. I probably spent most evenings of that course messaging friends and family telling them that I couldn't do it. I was making a fool of myself and that I should just go home. However I did get through it and I passed. I learned so much and I think it might be the best training that I've had during my medical career. 
and it definitely made me a better paramedic. So I've already learned quite a lot during my short time in the military. Um, I think I've been in at this stage just under a year and a half. Even if you think you're going to fail, don't let that be the reason that you walk away from an opportunity. If the going gets tough, don't give up. Usually the most difficult adventures are usually the most rewarding. With the help of the headquarter staff from 612 Squadron, we managed to get me deployment ready by the time required. So in June of 2018, I was off to Kenya. So my time in Kenya involved me working with a small team um, of medical practitioners providing the British Army with medevac cover. They've got a permanent base out in a town called Nanuki and then they have um, regular exercises in the surrounding area. Um, we would work as a sole responder on a small civilian run um, rotary airframe and we do 24 hour shifts, 24 hours on, um, usually 48 hours off. Probably one of my more notable jobs, medical jobs while out there, came while the paras were on exercise and one of them managed to get bitten twice by a black mamba. Uh, this one really kind of sits out in my memory because it's not really something that you see working on an ambulance in the streets of Aberdeen. Luckily, he and the, the medic on patrol dealt with it pretty efficiently and effectively before I arrived um, and we were able to get him to the hospital in Nairobi quickly enough that I didn't actually have to administer the antivenom. Giving someone antivenom in the back of a small helicopter is not really ideal because of the high chance of the casualty having an anaphylactic reaction to it. Um, during my downtime um, while out in Kenya, I got to have some incre incredible adventures um, seeing some of Kenya's spectacular game reserves. One trip does stick in my memory for probably the wrong reasons, where I learned the important lesson that you shouldn't try and navigate through African outback using Google Maps. Um, just as we reluctantly conceded, we were completely lost after hours of driving. We were about to turn around and got our vehicle completely grounded. It's a long story, but hours later, we were rescued by some passing Kenyan rangers who set us on the right track. Um, and we got to our destination, which was worth every minute of um, trying to dig a four by four out of compacted mud with our bare hands. And then in addition to this, there was um, a project being run by the medical centre, which I volunteered for, to give the prisoners at a local women's prison access to basic essentials um, that they wouldn't normally get. This involved a, a trip to the prison. It was pretty harrowing as many of the, the women had their children in the prison and some of the crimes seemed really petty but we were allowed to take in some toys for the children and um, yeah seeing their the smiles on their faces was pretty special. Anyway point of all this was how did I get to becoming a search and rescue winter paramedic but actually the start of that journey did begin while I was in Kenya when one of the flight sergeants from 612 squadron who had met me at a few of the training weekends and who is a winch operator um, based out of Inverness, sent me while I was in Kenya wondering what I was going to do when I got back to the UK, an application for this new cadetship and said I should apply. And basically, thanks to his encouragement, I did apply. Um, I probably wouldn't have if he hadn't suggested it, as I wouldn't have thought I stood um, any chance of, of even being considered for the role. There were probably around 500 
people who put in an application and this was narrowed down to just 20 of us um, to go to the selection days um, and I can say with pretty much no doubt that had I not had Batic and all the courses I did to get there on my application it wouldn't have made it to the top 20 but it did and so myself along with 19 other people were invited to a two-day selection process it was pretty full-on um, had lots of different aspects and again I can say confidently that without the experiences of the previous two years with the military having built my confidence both personally and professionally I, I don't think I'd have made it successfully through those two days but much to my surprise I was one of four um, to be selected to start the cadetship in that October um, and here I am about two years after first putting my application in, a qualified search and rescue winch paramedic. When I get asked what do I get out of the reserves personally, basically I began the journey with the military and with the reserves because of a lack of confidence in my ability. And through the, my journey with them so far, I've met people, um, instructors and other candidates on courses who have seen and encouraged an ability in me that I didn't know I had. And I also had many, I've also had like many learning experiences, um, which has developed my ability. I think all of this together has built built my confidence, um, which undoubtedly has made me a better practitioner. That doesn't mean that I'm anywhere close to being the paramedic I want to be, but I am excited when I see how far I've come in such a short time. And yeah, I'm excited to see where where I can go from here and what other experiences might be around the corner. That was senior aircraftman Catherine Turnbull. Flight Sergeant Neil White is a recruiter for 612 Squadron based at RAF Lucas. When people come along at the initial stages, they, they do ask about deployments and we, we kind of say for the outset that this isn't all about deployment. So if the reason that you're joining is just to deploy, that might not be the the most appropriate reasons for, you need to come along with the option of deployment, but it's everything else that comes with it. It's the it's the developing you as a, a clinician, developing you as a person through leadership and challenging environments where we put our personnel through. And as part of our training in phase three, we actually provide our personnel with adventure training. This isn't the RAF just saying, we're going to give you a weekend free of charge out co-steering or white water rafting. What this is doing is it's, it's putting people in stretch and basically things that they've not done before, wanting them to, to take fears and such a little bit further so that one day when they're potentially in that situation and in a steer environment as a civilian or a serviceman in operations, they're, they're able to stretch themselves to achieve what they need to achieve. Our personnel, they miss the camaraderie of the, the other reservists when they come to the, to the weekends. A few years ago, we had a, a Band 7 nurse from Wisher General Hospital, and we had an employer's day, and we actually asked him to do a five-minute talk to the employers about being an RAF reservist. And basically at that talk, he spoke to employers and says that at work in the National Health Service, I work with my colleagues. 
But when I'm in the RAF Medical Reserves, I attend, I train, I live with my colleagues and friends. And it, it's just such a different in, environment, um, the, the RAF Medical Reserves. And a lot of the our frontline workers, they're very busy in the front line. However, they, they are missing the, the camaraderie training and being with other RAF Medical Reservists who have all got the same common goal, which which is brilliant. The actual atmosphere and the environment in the RAF Medical Reserves is really, really excellent. So how do people find out about what opportunities there are and get to do them to fulfil them? Yeah, the, the training is very well organised in the, the RAF Medical Reserves. On completion of, of the Phase 1 training, the, the personnel were actually passed to the, the actual training team and the training team sit with the personnel and they actually take them through what their training pathways and opportunities are going to be over the next few years. So again, someone at that point is able to say, look, I have got an interest in aeromedical evacuation or I've got an interest in aviation medicine. And they can sit with the training team and have a good chat about the way that their career pathway is actually going to take them. Basically, anywhere the RAF has got a footprint in the world, there are opportunities for RAF reservists to to actually be called to go and support that, whether it be a deployment or an exercise. Um, And there is always opportunities for the RAF medical reservists to to actually deploy and support of exercises or or, um, deployments. Is there a separate subsection of preparations that are undertaken before going overseas? Yes, there is. There's a pre-deployment training package put together depending on what the exercise or operation is going to be. So again, that is very much about the, the reservist sitting down with the training team and working alongside the employer to work out the, the best training package that is the most flexible for, for everyone involved. How do you think that training operations abroad enhance a reservist? So when, a, when an RAF reservist deploys overseas um, an exercise or to, to support an operation, it's very much about personal development and it's also about being embodied into the regular RAF, working alongside regular RAF personnel and bringing their clinical medical skills and fitting into this this operational team that a lot of our personnel feel really um, is a satisfying experience and actually brings them on as a person and as a specialist. How do you find the cohesion between reservists and the, the, the serving members of the RAF? When I joined the RAF 30 years ago, there was about 90,000 in the regulars in the RAF and a few hundred reservists. What we're getting towards um, by 2030 is 30,000 RAF, and it may even be less than that, and nearly 5,000 reservists. So the RAF are very much worked to a total force concept, and there is no differentiation if you're a, a reservist or if you're a regular, you're in the RAF just on a different contract. Um, the regular RAF personnel really respect the RAF medical reservists because of the the unique um, skill sets that they're actually bringing to the, the actual RAF. 
Are you up to the challenge? The RAF Medical Reserves is actively recruiting now. To find out more about becoming a reserve in the Royal Air Force, search Royal Air Force Reserves. Royal Air Force. No ordinary job.